The idea of this podcast is simple, discipleship. We want to bring the gospel message about how to interact with your coworkers, your culture, your friends, everyone around you in a biblical way, which is, in essence, discipleship. What did Jesus do when he came to this earth? He took the devil's stuff. The Bible actually teaches that the world is becoming increasingly covered with the knowledge of the glory of God. That should change everything in the mind of a Christian. Instead of thinking about all the ways society is failing, we should think about all the ways society must be, as Psalm 110 tells us, put underneath the feet of Jesus in victory. The Rebel Alliance Podcast. We would be honored if you would join us. Welcome back to the Rebel Podcast. I'd say as always, but it feels like it's been forever since the Peanate and the Pooty. You notice how we thud both the names there? I like it. I think it uh, makes us sound more distinguished. Important. It does. I'm going to start saying in the studio with Pooty and Reverend Nathaniel P. Wright. <laughs> to make it sound we, we, super official. We've often said that if, uh, if I ever write a book, then I'm going to publish under the name N.P. Wright just so that I get all the book deals. All the book sales. Yeah. Until people get into the first chapter and you just, all you're talking about is election and God's sovereignty. <laughs> and people we are like, well, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. The, the, the people who would be buying a book because it's N.P. Wright would not be the people who would want to hear what I have to say. But that's besides the point. <laughs> I'm just that. in this for the money, folks. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazingly terrible and awesome at the same time. We are the Rebels. Yep. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing good, man. Uh, last night was a bit rough. We still have a, a young one at home who, you know what? She teased us a little bit. It looked like she was going to sleep through the night. And it's we're right at like the six-week mark, which is when Judas started sleeping through the night. So we're like, any day now. And she dropped one of her feedings uh, throughout the night. So she was only getting up once. And, you know, it looked like she was good. I think last few nights it was like seven hours and then last night it was like brutal she was up every couple hours she wouldn't settle she didn't sleep much she wouldn't feed well like so i feel like she's toying with us <laughs> she's toying <laughs> so i'm tired she's toying. all that to say i'm tired <laughs> she's toying with your emotions yeah totally well totally. see i would have sympathy but you keep having them so yeah, you know what you're getting fair. into yeah, and you we just keep know. having we them. do know yeah because you're being faithful to the command of fill the fruitful multiplication with, <laughs> with all the children all of them <laughs> all yeah. of them how else are we gonna them. go post mill you gotta you gotta fill the earth somehow well, everybody else is not having babies or killing their babies. So you're just trying to pick up the slack. And I appreciate exactly. that. Exactly. Amen. Exactly. I'm doing good. I'm yeah. Doing sorry. Good. I should have asked. I, you were about <laughs> how to. Are you, how are I, you? You I preempted. I preempted. I preempted. Nothing broke. So I'm feeling pretty good. That's, Everything seems to be that's still like whole in the last home. couple of years. If you were to summarize it, Nate's been having kids and Chris has been like having house and car problems. Yeah. We both have stress for different reasons. Yeah. <laughs> Not so, sleeping for the same reasons. Yeah. For different reasons. Anyway, other than that, we're great. We are the rebels. We are. We are. And we are part of the Rebel Alliance media. Uh, so on our network are, are a whole um, gaggle of podcasts. Um, which include the uh, the Fathers of the Faithfully Covenant Kids, 
Uh, that comes out on Mondays is the Van Brimmers who do a podcast with their kids, with their family, for you and for your family. Um, and uh, on Tuesdays, Awakening Reformation, that's Grant and Erica doing a podcast about theology. They just dropped one uh, a few days ago about covenant theology, intro to covenant theology, which is good. They had Wes Mooborn on before that, some good episodes. Uh, so check them out on Tuesdays. We're the Rebel Podcast. We come out on Wednesdays. Uh, moving to Thursdays is the Redeeming History podcast of Ben Emery. Uh, his first season, uh, uh, End of the Age, is coming to an end. And then the new one, the new guy on the block, um, is uh, the podcast for Cultural Reformation coming out of the Ezra Institutes, Ryan Aris and Dr. Joe Boot. Uh, and they're coming out on Fridays. So, uh, yeah, we got a full roster. We got a full roster. We only take the weekends off at Rebels. <laughs> well, and the, we only take the weekend off so you can catch up on the fact that we also have videos that come out yeah. every Friday. Yeah, yeah. yeah I've, been, I've, pod, I've been putting those out on, uh, on Saturdays, though, so somebody has Saturdays. <laughs> So we really only rest on the so, Lord's Day. <laughs> we, we're good at the Sabbath out here at Rebel. Yeah. So uh, anyway, lots coming out. Blog posts. Uh, Andrew Emery just dropped a great blog post as well um, about uh, Exodus 23. I'd encourage you to go and check that out at rebelliancemedia.com. Uh, thank you to all our Patreons. We just saw the other night that a new Patreon uh, subscribed and uh, we're getting up towards our goal. We're, we're almost at a Rebel conference now, which is huge. Um, and by almost at, meaning almost at our goal for it, nowhere near done planning it. So we got to <laughs> scramble to keep up. So thank you for all of those who are supporting us financially. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and it's, uh, it's, it's been very encouraging for us, not only that people are, are uh, believe in the ministry enough to kind of financially support it, but also, um, it, it allows us cause we've had ideas for years. And so now it's about going back and kind of saying, okay, what, what of those ideas can we actually use this money to go towards? So we have lots of great ideas. We're actually talking about one of those ideas that's coming to fruition now, hopefully as this episode airs. Um, but we're going to record about that today. That's what the uh, episode topic is about. But um, before we get into that, you want to jump into Rebel News? Absolutely. All right. So um, the one of the, the main thing I wanted to kind of chat about is this, uh, there's this News story coming out of The Federalist, and uh, one of the journalists for The Federalist named Jeremiah Keenan, um, and he's been um, reporting on this for a little while, but there's this, uh, there's this case going on in, in British Columbia up here in Canada. Uh, for those of you who haven't been following it, a, a father um, who is opposed to the gender reassignment um, therapy and surgery of his 14-year-old daughter is essentially having his parental rights taken away. So just to kind of catch you up on the story, um, there's a 14-year-old a biological girl who wants to transition to become a boy, and her parents, are um, who are separated, um, are split on this. So um, her, his, her mom is, is, is wanting to support her in this and, and all that kind of stuff. And the father is saying, no, don't take hormone therapy, don't have gender reassignment surgery, all this kind of stuff. And, uh, and so anyway, he was, uh, he was ruled a couple months ago about being in violation of her rights. And he wasn't, he his, uh, his, the court ruled that he had nothing to say about this, that she, that the, the, the biological girl could choose what she wanted for herself and the parents have, have nothing to say about this even though she's a minor. So that's where the story was and, and now actually um, the Supreme Court of British Columbia has actually ruled um, again against the father. So they've, they've issued him a gag order. He's not allowed to talk about his daughter's case and he's been found guilty of quote family violence 
for calling his daughter a she in all of the um, publications and interviews he's been doing. So even even things like the Federalists that have been asking him his opinions whenever he calls in those publications to reporters, to journalists, when he refers to his daughter as a she, um, he's now getting in trouble for that. So he was he was found guilty of family violence, hasn't come down with a ruling yet, so I don't know what the, uh, the punishment is going to be. But he's also been... Um, gagged. He can't talk about this. He can't go to media with this. He can't answer media's questions. He, he can't talk about this case anymore. So not only has his parental rights been taken away by um, them saying you have no right to refuse your daughter a gender reassignment therapy, um, but now also his his freedom of, of thought, freedom of expression, freedom of speech, freedom of religion have all been thrown out the window now because he's not even allowed to talk about it. Yeah, that's 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 very maddening. There's no there's Seriously. no other way to think of it than just to see the injustice of all this. Even if you disagree with his position, if you're somebody who's listening to this and be like, "Well, I don't see why he should stop that." If you're in that camp, I don't know why you're still listening to us, but we're happy <laughs> we're happy to have you. But you have to see the injustice of of him not being allowed to ex- at least speak his mind, even if you disagree with what he was saying. We live in a country who is fundamentally we do not have free speech it's we are being like as you said gag ordered you can't speak about the case you can't even speak about your own child now to speak out about something that they're doing wrong how far do we play down this road until i'm not allowed to say you've done a bad job on something to somebody who i work with or our bosses aren't allowed to say you've you've failed on this project or our teachers are allowed to say you failed this course because they're speaking something that you might disagree with. Um, and I realize that might seem silly, but this is the path that we're on um, with, with when you start seeing people getting gagged order. And then let's, let's point out like the obvious red flag in the scenario of the fact that we live in a country and we live in a world and we just both went to the Ezra Institute and something that has stuck with me since that uh, conference over the last few weeks has been the idea of the fact that um, what do we expect from leaders who are we voted in to be liars to us? We live in a country that we elect people who will willingly lie to us by saying things like men can become girls, girls can become men, um, the unborn aren't really living, they're just clumps of cells. And if you play that all the way, that we're not created in God's image, that we're all just stardust bumping into each other. Right. Why do we expect our leaders to be good and faithful when we voted them in based on the fact that they're going to willingly lie to us in the first place? Yeah, that was, I can't remember, I I think Doug Wilson was quoting somebody, but the quote was something along the lines of, "If, if people demand impossible things they are guaranteeing that they will be governed by liars, mm-hmm. right? So so a culture that wants to be able to call a boy a girl, a, a culture that wants to be able to call, you know, a human baby a clump of cells, <coughs> when you want something to be called true that isn't true, if you want squares to be circles, then you're ensuring, if that's what you want, you're ensuring you're going to be governed by liars because people get elected by promising impossible things. So I thought that, was, I, that stuck with me as well, I hear you. And I, uh, I just, that was a great time. And, and you can find, you can find all the resources on those lectures, uh, by, um, pastor Doug Wilson at the Ezra Institute at, uh, Ezra Institute.ca. But, um, <clears throat> one of the other kind of angles to this story that's kind of interesting is that, uh, I, I, this is her title. This isn't me honoring her, but the honorable Madam Justice Marzari 
is um, the female Supreme Court justice who who wrote out the Supreme Court uh, decision on this. And it's interesting because she has a major history prior to her appointment as a Supreme Court justice for uh, LGBT and pro-abortion activism before she was appointed in uh, 2017 to the uh, BC Supreme Court. And I guess part of the other angle I kind of want to take on this, because we've talked at nauseum about what these sorts of things mean, and and Christians who are just listening, uh, you ought to pray for. Um, their names are are uh, aren't revealed in the uh, the Federalist uh, uh, the Federalist thing uh, article. There you go, article. article. Um, but the uh, the Supreme Court decision, which I kind of looked at briefly, uh, uses the initials C, D, and A, B. So C, D is the initials of the father. So whatever C, D stands for, uh, you have to be praying for him and, and pray that. Uh, so he is appealing the decision. His appeal is uh, supposed to be ruled on on May 14th. So um, depending on when this episode airs, um, where, whenever that is, pray for him because he's in a battle right now. And and the precedent set in this battle and the decisions on this means something for all of us who are parents in Canada. Absolutely. Um, so definitely be praying for him. But the other kind of angle, like I said, that I want to take on this is this, this very pro-LGBT, pro-abortion activist who is appointed as a judge. It seems as though Christians are so far behind in infiltrating positions of influence. So when you think of who our politicians are, who our teachers are, who our um, judges and lawyers and lawmakers are, um, we seem so far behind, right? It seems like decades ago, the LGBT activists, those who are pro-LGBT got this and got into positions of influence and have been far more strategic than us. And now here we are seeing the problem and so far behind because Christians have been encouraged not to get involved in places like politics and law um, to our shame. Well, we, we had a discussion about this on the way home from the Ezra Institute. That's right. We actually talked about the fact that Christianity is the only one for, for a large portion of history in our country and in North America, um, in Canada and the States that hasn't lived a post mill lifestyle, right. the LGBT community has very much embraced this. We're going to conquer, we're going to conquer right. this world progress. with our, exactly it's with our ideology. Yeah. Um, and you know, Islam is doing the same thing. They believe they're going to conquer the world with their, right. with their ideology, but Christians we've, because of poor theology, because of dispensational theology that said, we have to retreat behind our walls and just wait for our savior to come. Basically and has save mean, a few along the way. <laughs> exactly. We'll do what we can from behind our walls. We'll bring them in and hope that works. Um, and now obviously there's always been exceptions, pockets, remnants of people who are trying to do the right thing. But we forgot that the Great Commission is something that we're called to do and something we're called to be 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 fulfilling um, and that Christ commands us to do that. So, But we, as a church, had retreated so far behind our walls that now you're exactly right. We're decades behind in infiltrating places of power, infiltrating places like politics, our teachers, our university professors, really the only bastion of Christian, like secular leadership that Christians have still is, is in the business sector. And even that's eroding away. Right. Um, so I, and I, I totally agree. And I think, uh, 
just more evidence of that kind of culture that we live in. So here's a couple other pieces of, of Rebel News. Um, this one I kind of just want to get your thoughts on because uh, it, it involves rugby, and I know you're a big rugby star back in your day. Um, <laughs> so, back in high school football day? Yeah. So uh, according to University of Melbourne Press, uh, a code of conduct hearing has been scheduled this week for Australia's star rugby player, Israel Folau. Great name. Great name. Um, I, I said it as if you would know, like you really keep up with the rugby. <laughs> Not a clue. <laughs> um, so anyway, he posted a social media post that says it was a quote uh, or as a tweet. And it says, quote, hell awaits homosexuals, drunks and liars. And that and those living in sin will end up in hell unless they repent. That was his, that was his tweet. And so he's, uh, anyway, he's facing um, a code of conduct hearing and probable, very probable suspension for that. So I, like, so what are your thoughts on two things? Like, number one, um, you know, freedom of speech, hate law, you know, hate speech, like line. So let's talk about that, obviously, because that, that comes up again and again. But, but number two here, I mean, so that, what do you think of that post? Well, I hell awaits those living in sin. Though hell awaits homosexuals, drunkards, and liars, and those living in sin will end up in hell unless they repent. He, he's not wrong. <laughs> like, he's he isn't wrong. But there's no there's there's in the in, maybe it's the tone. Maybe there was other tweets. I don't know the man at all. Yeah, I never even heard either. his name until today. But that's one half of what we need to, we need to tell people and you have 240 right. ca- characters. Where's the grace that comes along with it. Right. right? Um, and I, and where's I don't mean the, that therefore there's hope found in Jesus. E- exactly. Like, and I, I'm, I'm not saying don't soften the message, but you have to give the whole message, right? Like you have to give the, the hope of it. Cause you're no better Israel. You're no, you are a drunkard. Right. You're a slanderer. You're all the other things that deserve hell as well. Right. But because by the grace of God, you've been you've been saved, um, and so I don't like the tweet because that is clearly just meant to be decisive, um, where it's not actually like he's trying to like evangelize the world, right? Um, interesting about that, Jeff Durbin actually. I just listened to a Jeff Durbin sermon where he basically says that is like that is what we're called to do on social media is basically like tell people to call sinners to repentance. Now, but Jeff takes it to the, the next step where he says. And you do so by pointing out that there's a savior who paid the price that we couldn't pay. That's right. Um, and so I don't love the tweet. Um, it's it's not shocking to me that an organization that's professional, like a professional sports organization, is going to hold them to account of suspension and whatnot for those things. I struggle with this because it, at if in normal everyday life, what I tweet can't actually get me fired. You know what I mean? Like I could I can pretty much say what I want on Twitter. And I'm not going to get chastised at my work because like they are kind of like the separation between personal and, and work is still a little bit bigger in in most places. But once you get into the public sphere, like like obviously athlete, he is like an athlete or there is no more. What you say is public always. Right. And so we get to this point where he's now responsible to his organ his his team and his organization for what he, for what he said. So I find it very interesting that. Um, if he was to come out and say the opposite message, well, he might, he might offend everybody on his team by saying the opposite 
and he would suffer no ram- mm, ramifications for yeah. that, right? right. Um, whereas, like, he's he's held to a code in his locker room and his team, and in the I don't know the code of ethics for the rugby union in Australia, but I mean, like, uh, weren't you aspiring to be there one day? <laughs> <laughs> like, yes, I was. I was for a brief moment until the first time somebody hit me in rugby, <laughs> and, and I realized like, I hate this. This is a dumb sport. Um, I don't even know the rules. Uh, but anyway, I played it for like five years. Don't know the rules at all. Um, <laughs> true story anyway but i mean what i'm saying is like there's a code of ethics in a, on a, in a team in a sports team that i don't know if that's breaking that code you know what i mean for him to come out and tweet that whereas he could break it just as much saying something racial or something right and just be like okay well that's so and i i agree and so you're right about the tweet i mean Christians we're big on on using social media right to to speak truth into a dark and this dying culture this is exactly <laughs> what we're doing right now but we have to be responsible with that right so yes there is absolutely condemnation to those who are living ungodly lifestyles but um, as Christians, we need to use social media well, meaning that we always put in the butt. Like we, you know, and there might there might be times when you know you're in an exchange. I'm not saying every conversation you have needs to lead to the foot of the cross, but what I'm saying is that the gospel should influence everything that we're doing, even in the condemnation of of particular lifestyles and ideologies. Um, and uh, and I think so. We we ought to be responsible with that. So I'm with you on that. We don't need to talk further about that. But I'm I'm with you on that. Is I don't actually, I, I'm, I'm okay with the fact that he's in trouble for this because you're right. We are responsible to like, there shouldn't be separation. There should, I don't think there should be separation in all these various things. What you say in one sphere of life should affect every other sphere of life. We have to be consistent across the board. And if an organization, a private organization that, that pays him disagrees with him, then they should be able to fire him. Just like I should be able to kick out a church member who, you know, doesn't believe, no longer believes in the deity of Christ. Right. So, so the organization can put all that. I'm fine with that. But now if he's a real Christian, what he ought to do is, is own that. Okay. That's fine. And whatever suspension, whatever, whatever I lose because of it is part of paying the cost. So I think that's where we've, we've been as Christians, we've been very quick to whine about what we lose instead of wearing it like a badge of honor when you think of like in the book of acts it's like and they went away from the beating they received rejoicing and praising god that they were like counted worthy to suffer for the sake of christ right we've lost that part um so about social media posts one one last little piece of rebel news which i think is interesting so there's a a female weightlifter who's getting into trouble because she's really a dude no, because she was, she because she was criticizing a dude. So a a woman or a man, a biological man who identifies as a woman, um, took the master's world records in the women's category for squats, bench press, deadlifts, as well as six other <laughs> weightlifting. So so she, so this dude who's pretending to be a woman who's competing in weightlifting. He puts out on social media, what a day, nine for nine, master's world record in squats, uh, uh, bench press, uh, DL record. Uh, anyway, sure, I, don't, sure. I don't know what all these he's things really are. Strong, yeah. or so he's, he's really strong. He's super strong. He's super strong. Um, and then he and then he put as a transgender lifter, I was unsure of what to expect going to this meet and with everyone, all the spotters, loaders, referees, staff, meet directors, yada, 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 uh, made me feel welcome and treated me just like any other female lifter. So thank you. Thank you for a historic day. 
dude, a historic day where you competed in a strength competition against a whole lot of women and are bragging about the fact that you beat them. Like, this is ridiculous. And so anyway, this other female weightlifter named Sharon Davies, on her social media, she put, this is a trans woman, a male body with male physiology setting a world record and winning a women's event in America in powerlifting. A woman with female, a biological woman with female biology cannot compete. It's pointless, it's unfair, and it's not a real playing field. She's 100% right. Yeah, she's spot on. And so it's interesting because now she, of course, got lambasted on social media. So that that post generated um, eighteen hundred and eighty six responses. And I, I mean, I, I only browsed several of them, but the, most of the ones with the uptick were just like calling her a bigot and all kinds of stuff, calling her transphobic, yada, yada, yada. We've said it before. I think that the area of sports is where this has got to break down. Like, this is the area where the world's going to be like, nah. Yeah, this is... Like, this is this, this is, is female weightlifting, and a dude just came in and plowed it. Yeah. Like, not only nine for nine did he win, he set nine world records. Yeah. Female women, world records. Yeah, where I think where this is going to all come to a head in terms of sporting is the next Olympics. So the 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 next the first time that the 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 gender wave hits the Olympic Games either the summer or the winter probably the summer because that's the bigger of the two, and you have a guy who would probably finish fifth or sixth or seventh in the men's running, says he's transgender maybe he believes he is I'm not yeah. like and then goes and competes against the women and runs a nine six when all the when all the girls run like ten, eight. A ten eight you know what I mean and he just smokes them makes a record that can never be beaten yeah. And then all the women who rightly compete against the other women who have earned the right to be at the Olympic Games don't get a chance to actually compete for it. And they're, and I'm 100% with the girl who is like, I can't compete. It's not a fair playing field. And I, I get it. We, we often say, like, nothing in life is really fair. But this is like... This is like systematic injustice, where it's like this is on purpose, like it's somebody yeah. taking advantage of the system. I have, I have a question. It's going to hit the crowd. Will future generations of transgenders have to pay reparations to, <laughs> to, to, to their their biologically female counterparts? Who they in, anyway? Never mind. I won't go down that bunny trail. But here's I agree with you. I think and and part of me is hoping for it. Like part of me oh, is just hoping. All, like part of me this. is like, come on, like, come I'm, on, dudes, just say you're you're transgender. Go. I want to see in the hundred meter dash next year, three biological dudes take gold, silver, and bronze I, in women's hundred meter dash. I want to see somebody come. I don't want to see a female on a podium at the Olympics <laughs> ever again. And I'm not saying that as like a sexist. <laughs> I'm just saying that, but like because it'll break it. Like this is what I want. I want to break the system. I want somebody to say, no, enough, enough is enough. I, I'm a hundred percent with you, but I, I am, I even want it more publicly like embarrassing where I want, I, I, I want like it not even to be just like somebody who's competed as a transgender to get there. I want somebody like Usain Bolt to win in the men's <laughs> right. and then be like, I'm, I've conquered the men, but I'm probably too old to compete against them. I'm now competing against the women and run a nine seven and win and just be like, that's what I always said. As soon as Trump won the election, he should have been like, and because I now identify as female, I'm also the first female president of the United States of America. That would have been amazing. Here, here's something I find, I find very interesting because these are like, obviously we talk about cognitive dissonance often on this podcast where people's like mindsets and 
worldviews don't li- yeah. line up. We are we are very very very, and this is probably going to get me in trouble, but we're very very careful what we say about like race. I'm white. I'm African American. I'm Native American. I'm, I don't even know if I'm using the correct PC terms. I'm X. I'm Y. I'm Z. If I, as a white man, or if somebody who is you know a different ethnicity than me, said they identify as my as my skin color, we would lose our mind. Right. And they're doing this when all, with all the like black suits, blackface, all these things that are happening in the states. Yep. People are losing their mind. Yep. But yet, I can say. I'm clearly a guy. I have a thick beard and a penis, but I can say I identify as a woman and you can't say anything to me, even though every, every aspect of my life clearly shows that I'm not a female, but you can't say anything or else you're, it's a hate crime against me, but yet we don't apply the same to ethnicity where we just say, Oh, you you can't even, you can't even see it. You can't even. And it's just like the, the the fundamental flaw in people's thinking just needs to be poked at. And so I'm, I'm with you when you say, I hope it happens because I want the system to collapse. Not because I want to see governments fall and us to rise. I sort of, but I mean like (laughs) a little bit, but a little bit, but I mean like, because the more these like absurdities in, in our world come to the forefront, the more we're going to get politicians who run on the platform of this is stupidity. We're going to get people who rise up and say, this is dumb. So we need to change these systems. Right. And the more that becomes um, a, a thing, the more the secular, secular worldview that we, we're living in right now will fall, fall to pieces because it's a house of cards. That's right. Yeah, so. That's right. Um, okay. So that's all our rebel news. Um, why don't we take a quick break and then we're going to come back and we're going to be talking, uh, about, uh, what's going to be happening in, uh, New New York. Actually, it'll have happened by the time this airs and what we're doing in response. Love it. Uh, This is what happens when me and Nate aren't in the office together for a while. Yeah. We we spend 30 minutes on rebel news, but that's, that's good. All right. Let's take a break. On June 1st, join the Ezra Institute for Contemporary Christianity in Grimsby, Ontario for a full-day event called Love Thy Body, a conference on humanity, sexuality, art, and God, with special guest speaker Nancy Piercy and EICC founder Joe Boot. Don't miss this event at the site of high-impact training seminars, including the Worldview Leadership Camp for Youth and the Runner Academy for Students and Young Professionals. Register for these events by visiting www.ezrainstitute.ca. Okay, so we're back after break, and like we said, we're going to be talking about um, abortion. We're going to be talking about the uh, the Times Square pro life event. Um, so this is put on by Focus on the Family, which is a great organization out of Colorado, and uh, it's called the event itself is called Alive from New York. And uh, technically, we're recording this before the event. It's happening this coming Saturday. We're a few days ahead of that. And, uh, and this, uh, this episode will likely be dropping on the Wednesday following. So we're a few days removed from the event. So let's not hype the event since <laughs> it's already happened technically, uh, because of time travel, but <laughs> Ben Sass will be, or should I say has spoken at the event. Um, but let's just kind of talk about, um, this is actually, I think it, this isn't ideal, 
right? Because we're still playing defense, right? So everything that happened in New York uh, several months ago about, um, you know, abortion now being on demand up to nine months, you can be in active labor and still receive an abortion and, and all that horrible uh, ness with the bill at Como. And we talked about that on the podcast and everything. So we're, we, I mean, it was, this is still Christians in response to that, but like, and you know, so here we are, we're talking at an event that will have happened by the time anybody's listening to us talk. So there's the, the awkwardness. Cause I don't know how the event itself is going to actually go, but like, this is a good event. Like this is great. Yeah. And so they've timed this with unplanned, which is a movie, uh, about a woman who was a planned parenthood, um, abortion salesperson i don't know yeah, <laughs> I, don't I don't know what that to facilitator i think is the name but whatever and uh and when she saw a 3d ultrasound for the first time she realized what she was doing and that abortion kills a baby and got out of it and became a pro-life advocate so there's a movie based on her experience and everything it's called unplanned so that is being released in new york at select theaters that aren't aren't too cowardly to show it and, uh, and at Times Square, they showed or will show. Um, it's really awkward to kind of talk about. But anyway, um, a, a 3D ultrasound. Um, this is a great event. And I don't know how much this is costing folks on the family, but this is like, this is good. Because in my mind, I mean, we recognize on a theological level, the, the abortion war that's being waged is hatred against the image of God. And so the, when you, when you can't kill, when you can't attack God directly, you burn him in effigy, right? And so the, uh, the idea here is that you are attacking the image of God because God himself can't be attacked. And so we understand spiritually and kind of under the surface what's happening, but on a lot of our over the surface conversations, I don't know about you, but a lot of the over the surface conversations I have with people, people are still stuck in that sort of clump of cells argument. That's a few decades old now, like the, the, the actual pro abortion activists. Now they, they understand they've lost the scientific battle here. They know. No, this is why Ohio was able to pass a heartbeat bill because you can find a heartbeat at five, six weeks out. So the clump of cells argument, it just gets blown up and it gets blown up particularly by um, scientific advancement in, in uh, uh, the area of uh, ultrasound. So the fact that they're showing this, I think, is a great strategic move. Yeah, I'm, I'm all for this, this event. Um, I look at I look at if you if you apply military thinking to like uh to the world that we're living in now As like we the bible often say you should it, exactly and the bible does this all the time yep new york new york would be behind the front behind enemy lines so to totally. speak this would yes. be like being in france during world war ii before d-day that's right um so props to everybody who's in new york the faithful pastors like kevin DeYoung, who are fighting this battle from within and then we get focus on the family coming to basically ground zero I'm not trying to make a 9-11 thing, right? but like ground zero <laughs> of this, really this war against ab abortion from the side of the pro-abortion people. Um, right. And they're, and they're doing something to fight them directly in their own, in their own backyard. And I'm all for that. Um, yes. I, I wish it was more proactive. I wish there was like a way for Christians to be even more on the, on the offense, so to speak against this, against abortion. But we do we we fight every battle that we can fight in the, in this in this area and showing and showing people who like you said are stuck still maybe thinking i don't understand the science of all this i don't think it's alive until it comes out um showing them that that's not that that's not the case 
and also timing it like for with the release of Unplanned, I think is great. Um, often it's said about celebrity. There's no bad publicity in right. the, in these things. So the like, I get, I get. There's this. There, I've read a couple articles this week about like people being upset that it seems like it's propaganda, and I'm like. Psh- Sure, whatever. Who cares? They're, like the more people who are aware of what's happening, that's right. On both sides, the better this is because lies are lies. So when somebody's telling you a lie, all you have to do is find is is basically pull on that lie until it unravels before them. Have you ever caught somebody in a lie, and you start asking them questions, and then they don't have because they have the surface lie down to heart, yada yada yada, bam. But then you start picking at it. Like I remember my parents used to do this when I came home late. They're like, oh, you know, Dave's car broke down and we had to change the tire. Well, where were you at the time? Oh, I was on I was on Third Street. Well, why didn't you just walk home? It's only a block from here. Uh, why didn't you call? You have a cell phone. Uh, you know what I mean? Like it's all those things where I've, I've right. thought you thought of the surface ever level lie, but you haven't thought of all the things down. So as Christians, we're poking on those things. And I, I think that's exactly what focus on the family is doing, yeah. saying you say it's a clump of cells. Here's proof, empirical proof that it's not a clump of cells. Now what? And I, I would be shocked if in New York City, on Sunday morning or Monday morning or whenever, I can't remember the date that it's showing, um, if people who have seen this, if there aren't hearts that are swayed to the pro-life side or even further into the, well, I don't care, I hate God. And like, they right. won't say that. It, that right. won't be the argument they say, but that's what their, like, their, their mindset is. That's what's really happening on the, on the, in the inside. And that's what we have to combat. We have to get it back to, you are a rebel against God's will or you're not. There's, right. And that's how we have to, we have to end this art and get this argument down to that, that fact. I agree. So I think, um, now we're talking again before it happened. So the Van Brimmers will be there or in past tense were there <laughs> and are going live on Facebook from the rebel page. So, um, hopefully you watch that. And if you didn't, we know the video will still be posted by the time you're listening to this. So you're, you're more than welcome to go in and check that out. Um, but what we kind of wanted to talk about, um, more so than just kind of what's happening is what we're doing in response. So we are trying to be aware of the times, uh, aware of the signs, and um, and trying to kind of ride this wave. We've been talking about abortion a lot. Uh, y- if you're a regular listener, you might even be sitting here thinking, you know. That's all you guys talk about. Yeah, or you guys are beating a dead horse. Well, we're going to talk about it a little bit more, but we're going to talk about a specific strategy that we've tried, and we hope that you'll all get on board with. So um, this, this came about a while ago when Chris and I were kind of having a planning meeting, which sounds much more official than it is. <laughs> it's, it's usually... Yes, like shooting the breeze between like either driving out to the studio or driving home from the studio. But Chris had a great idea and that was to kind of capitalize on the um, like internet challenges that are out there. So, you know, many of you might be old enough to remember, I guess it was only a couple years ago, the ice bucket challenge, right? So the idea was you take a video of yourself and post on social media, dumping ice water on yourself. And then people did variations of it. A friend of mine um, put ice into the toilet and dunked his head in the toilet and stuff like that. Like people got pretty creative with it. That's gross. It was gross. Um, Yeah. And then there was like Tide Pod Challenge and Cinnamon Challenge and all that kind of stuff. And things have gotten out of hand. People, (laughs) I think Tide Pod Challenge claimed a few lives. (laughs) 
uh, remind me about what uh, Doug Wilson said when we were pitching this to him. But um, so basically, Chris's idea was to to capitalize on those kind of uh, challenges that go viral, and let's do a pro life challenge. So the idea was, hey. Number one, there's a whole lot of Christians who are in the closet, so to speak, about their pro-life, right? They aren't willing to engage on it. They're too cowardly to post on their social media, all that kind of stuff. They don't want to lose jobs. We've talked in Rebel News today about people who've lost jobs for saying things that aren't orthodox according to the culture. Um, So they don't want to lose jobs. They don't want to lose relationships. They don't want to offend people. And we would say to that in pushback, and and we've had a lot of Christians who have said to us like, you know, some of the things you guys say, we don't disagree with what you say, it's how you say it. And, you know, I don't know if social media is necessarily the best place to be saying things I like love, that. I love the voice you're doing. <laughs> That's how you immediately delegitimize, illegitimize any of the criticism. You but, were also kind of rocking, so I decided. I know, if you could have seen me, I looked even more ridiculous than yeah, I sounded. But the idea is that what we would say is that too many children are dying. Too many children are being murdered for for us to play nice on this, all right? That's like going back in the 1850s in the middle of the slave trade and saying, like, hey, guys, let's just be nicer to the slave owners, right? Like, So what we're saying is this is genocide. Babies are being murdered, and nobody is willing to hurt feelings about it. Well, guess what? Babies are losing a lot more than than you know their feelings. Yeah, this, they're this getting is, dismembered in the womb. Exactly, exactly. And people people don't like when you use military terms about abortion, but we're going to keep keep doing it. This would be like trying to go to the leaders during the Rwanda genocide and be like, "Can we just talk this out? Can right. we just like here's That's here's right. some p- empirical evidence that they're just like you? And right. let's just talk this out." Or in Nazi Germany, going to like right. the Third Reich and be like, "Hey, guys." Y- Maybe just tone down the Holocaust at the moment and we'll just talk about this. Let's, but no, you don't do that. You right. take up arms because you can't – injustice needs to stop and the only way to do it is to overthrow it. That's right. Um, and so that's why we're using these sort of military languages for this kind of thing. That's right. And using the words cowards for people who don't. But that's beside the point. Yeah, and, and so, so what we want is to shake Christians out of apathy, um, shake those who are pro-life out of their cowardice, and challenge them to come out of the closet as pro-life and not only to say that they're pro-life and post on social media, but then to say why they're pro-life. And then at the end of it, just like all those other challenges, throw out the challenge to a few people in your sphere of influence. So that was Chris's idea. I immediately latched on. I thought it was a great idea. Well done, Pooty. Well done, Pooty. <laughs> um, but then I swooped in like Steve Jobs and made the idea better. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> This is often how this we This is work. about Nate's glory. This is it's all about <laughs> glory to be to the Nate. No, I'm just playing. Um, this is often how we work, though. One of us has an idea, and the other one fixes the idea. That's right. Um, so, yeah. so there was nothing wrong with your idea, but we no, just no. happened to find ourselves at the Ezra Institute last week, That's and we were with Joe and Doug Wilson, our good friends, <laughs> our good friends, Doctor Joe Boot, Doctor Reverend Wilson. Um, and uh, and so we thought, while we have them there, let's get them to do the pro life challenge. So then. Um, you know, Doug Wilson recorded his video. By the time of this being launched, you will have seen, hopefully, Doug Wilson's video. At the end of Doug Wilson's video, he called out John Piper, challenged John Piper to put a video. And Toby. And Toby and Toby <laughs> Sumter. Um, and so we're hoping that those guys, we've reached out to the cross-politic guys, get them on board with it. So here's what we would say. Number one, go find the video that Doug Wilson put out on his social media and tag it, tag John Piper, tag Desiring God, tag Tony Ranke, get them, help them see it. 
Secondly, you know, um, and Toby, uh, you know, I trust the cross politic guys will get on that. The second thing is don't wait for your name to be called. Like, yeah. like really Amen. don't wait for this name to be called. Just post the video yourself. If you're a faithful listener, um, we would have, if we, if we could have listed all our Patreons and all our, our listeners whose names we know, we would have just done that. But the videos can only be so long. Otherwise people aren't going to watch them. So don't wait for the video. Don't, you know, and this is one of those things that kind of happened because the ice bucket challenge was sort of this popularity thing and, you know, celebrities get going on it and stuff. And there were some people who were like sulkingly sitting out of it. Why hasn't anybody called me on it? Like all that kind of stuff. Like, come on, let's not, let's not play these silly games. If you're listening right now, I don't care if your name's been called out or not, go post a video and call out some people and be strategic about who you call out and then tag them in the video and be strategic in, in that. And when I did mine, um, we, I called out some, some friends who I knew would, would do it. I also called out my brother who I know is pro-life, who would not be willing to do this. And, and, you know, we're, our video has not, uh, dropped yet. So I don't know if he's going to respond to this, but that's strategic because if he posts it in his sphere of influence, that's going to make waves and, and that'll cost him something. So if he does that good on him, but this is our point is that Let's let's tag some people in this and be strategic. Let's see this go viral. Wouldn't it be great if instead of seeing a bunch of videos of people dumping ice on their heads, we saw a whole lot of people coming out of the closet, being pro-life, saying why they're pro-life, and getting the internet talking about, hey, we're not aborting a bunch of cells, we're murdering human beings. Yeah, we. part of the theory on this is that we think there's a lot more pro-life people out there who are just quiet about it. That's right. Then, then is the media is, is portraying like the media makes it look like the pro-life movement is a bunch of rednecks out in the, out in the woods, a bunch of crazy conservatives. <laughs> right. When from my experience working in, in offices, it's, it is easily 50, 50, if not more on the pro-life yeah, side, I think so just too. cause I get in these conversations. Cause like I said, we put out a lot of videos about abortion. Um, and I would say it's easily 50-50 or some variant close to that. Right. So what we're really looking to do is get the people who are pro-life, let's get our narrative started started going in the media. Let's get Amen. people talking about it. This is not for the rebel glory. This is not for us to say we look at the thing we started. We don't care if our names get completely forgotten in this, but I, what we want is the glory of God to be shown because it's image bearers of Christ Amen. that are being destroyed. Yeah, that's right. And so we want to see that stop. And this is a way that we can take back over the internet. We often tell, this is the whole, this whole podcast exists to help you guys engage with the people that you're in, in hobnobbing with. I hobnobbing, is that a word? Um, <laughs> it is. In cahoots with, I guess. Well, like that you're, that people you're in your sphere. Yeah, That's yeah, probably yeah. a better way to say it. I don't like saying the word sphere though, because I can't. Mm. Anyway, um, but this is a way for you to engage with people and engage on social media. And Nate said it, but like also a way for you to, to man up and basically put it out there. There you go. Or lady up, I guess would be the way if, it, if it's a lady <laughs> yeah. and say, look, this isn't my comfort zone. This isn't something I normally do, but I'm pro-life and here's why. There you go. 45 seconds, throw it out there and let's see how many people we can get who will do this. Yeah. And so we want to see John Piper say this. So I remember we freaked out when he said John Piper, yeah. we didn't expect him to. <laughs> But let's let's see our pastors. Let's see. Yeah. Let's tag your go. pastor. Tag yeah, your you elders. Yeah, there you let's go. see who's who is man enough. Yeah. Hopefully, you're in a church with a man pastor. Like, let's see who's man enough to do this. And if they don't have the technology to do this, help them do it. Everybody has a smartphone nowadays. It doesn't have to be high quality. Yeah, that's and a good point. Help you know help the people around you who might be a little technologically inept. 
help them do it. Shoot the video for them. Use your smartphone. Help them upload it. Like whatever it takes. Let's let's get this going because, th- as you said, I think you're right. I think it's more than fifty fifty. But this is this is the problem, right? Is that it's like with everything else. We've talked about transgenderism and homosexuality on this episode, and I think again, the vast majority of people are uncomfortable who whether they're Christians or not, whether it's for the right reasons or not, are uncomfortable with the transgender ideology. And I would say 20 years ago, it was the same number who were uncomfortable with the homosexual revolution. And yet what happens over those 20 years is it goes from a vocal 10% who get their way to slowly to 15 to 20 to 40 to 50 to 60. And now, now there is a majority of people who are completely okay, even within our churches, um, with homosexuality. It's going to go that way with transgenderism. It's going to go that way. It's, it's on the brink of going that way with abortion. And we want to stop the bleeding. We, we want, and, and part of the, part of the problem is, is that a lot of people get more and more cowardly, the more they think it'll cost them. Right. And so if you're speaking out against abortion, when you think it's like 40, 60, think of how scared you're going to be to speak out when you think it's 90, 10, and it will be there unless we stop the drift, stop the slide. So that's why we're doing this. That's that's what we hope for in the Pro-Life Challenge. Amen. So um, if you want more information, you can go to rebelalliancemedia.com slash pro-life challenge. There's a launch video there that kind of explains the whole thing. So send people there. You can even tag that or um, put that link in the video that you post. Or if you're, if you're good with editing, you can kind of put it at the end of your video uh, like we did with ours. Or... Um, just hashtag pro-life challenge. If you want to tag the rebels in, in the thread itself, then go for it. And again, if you want to give us credit, that's, uh, we don't care about that so much, but tag us in it. If you're worried about the backlash, if you're worried about, or if somebody's attacking you and you want some help just defending your, your position or what you stated in the video, tag us in there. Cause we're, we're ready to go to the mattresses for you. We're, we're ready to help. Godfather. Yeah. You like that. Eh? <laughs> uh, we're ready to go to the mattresses for you because we think that this is a, this is a moment in culture when Christians have an opportunity to get offensive and uh, and and uh, and we mean that in the best way so so take the pro-life challenge and uh, and tell the world why uh, they need to stop dismembering image bearers of God in the womb amen all right anything else no that was perfect all I right. love it we'll see you next week peace peace